Amen. Amen. Praise God. It is good to be in the presence of the Lord this morning. It's good to be alive this morning. Amen. It's good to be able to just see your faces this morning. I really appreciate you and love each and every one of you. And we are going to get into the word this morning. Amen. And just ask God to uh, just reveal to us what he is saying in, in during this time. Father God, I come to you this morning, Lord, and I just worship you. God, I give you praise, honor, and glory, Lord, that you would see fit, Father God, to choose a broken vessel like me, Father God, and, and allow me, Father, to stand and proclaim what thus says the Lord this morning, God. Father, I just empty myself this morning, Father God, all worries and cares and all the things that are going on in my life, Father God. Father God, I just lay them at your feet because, Lord, I know that only you, Father God, are, the, are able to heal it, Father God, are able to resurrect those issues, Father God, and that's for all of us. But this morning, God, I just give you a special praise. Just say hallelujah, God. Just want to thank you, Father God, for just keeping us, Father God. And as we get into this word, Lord, I ask that you speak to each of us individually, God, and then speak to us as a whole, Father God. For what you are saying in this time through this passage of scriptures, Lord, Father God, that you are ready to do something new in us and for us, Lord. So, Father God, let our ears be attentive. Let our hearts, Father God, receive what you have for us, Lord. And may we not be just hearers of the word, Father God, but doers of the word, Lord. Following the principles and precepts that you have set before us, God to help us make a bet, this world a better place, to make our lives a better place, our worship in a better place, our lifestyles in a better place, God. So we worship you and we thank you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, hallelujah. As we get into the word this morning, I just want us to open up our hearts, amen. You know, oftentimes we'll take a Bible story and we'll just read it literally, you know, just as a story. But there is so much in this Ezekiel passage uh, that we need to, to be drawing from. Amen. So much, so much, so much that would enrich our lives, that would help us to get to the place where God is calling us to be and to become. And so as, as we... Uh, as we delve in, and this will probably, if the Lord says so, be the last part of this series um, um, in uh, this Dry Bones passage. But God has really just spoken personally to me a lot. Every time I, I look at the passage, I'm just, you know, just saying, God, you know, how do I do this? How do we do this? Because the strong man is real, amen? I have a very strong man, woman, whatever you want to call it. I have a very strong fleshly uh, life, amen? There's, I like me. I like to do things my way. I like things, things to go the way I want them to go. I like to be the manager of my life. And that has caused me some, a lot of sorrow, a lot of headache, a lot of missteps. And so when we look at this valley of dry bones, we, we have to understand that that is a reflection of, you know, us as well. And so we've been talking about um, in verses, we're in, if you are joining us for the first time, we have been studying in the, uh, Ezekiel uh, 37, 1 through 14. And in the first uh, three verses, we thought we we found out a God's process of restoration, that God really does want to restore us, amen? That that is his goal, that is his mission, that he has came to restore us. He came to restore us through uh, sending his son, Jesus Christ, amen? 
so that we could have salvation, so that we could receive, receive salvation and, and live an eternal life with him. And then uh, we found out that through verses 4 through 7 that we have the, the ability, amen, to move mountains. We have the abilities to, uh, to X, X the mountains, to skip across the street through his spoken word that we have a prophetic gifting that is implanted in us by the fact that the Holy Spirit abides with us. And a lot of times as Christians, we don't, we don't activate that. We don't activate the, the, the power of the word of God, the power of the spoken word. Uh, we don't activate that. We, you know, we wait for the, pro the prophet or the prophetess to come and speak a word over our life. And then we, we patiently wait for that, for that to come forth. When God is saying that not only do I, does he speak through the prophet, but he speaks through us. And that we as, as, as children of God must speak over our own lives. Amen. We must, must look into the future. We must ask the spirit of God what he has in store for us. What am I called here to do and be? And then begin to speak that thing forth. Um, so we can bring, and then in the verses 8 through 10 from last week, we learned how to bring, because it brings life back into our dry bone situations. And so, you know, as Christians and as children of God and as believers of God, when God created us, when God released us, amen, from heaven, because we just did not appear in our mother's womb, amen. But we were, we were, uh, we were in heaven with, with the heavenly father. And when he released us into this spiritual realm, amen, amen. that uh, we came and we entered through, uh, entered into the wombs of our mother, amen. And that, uh, that through God's design, amen, that, that our father and our mother had a situation going on, amen. And that, uh, that, that sperm that ignited, that in, infuse that egg, amen, created a human being, created you and created me. And so we are just not only divinely connected to God, but he gave us a body, amen, to, to, to allow us to come to this earth and allow us to, to take on an assignment, a calling only from him, a calling that was designed for us. And as Christians, we have to realize that we have a call on our life, amen, and the word says that God, uh, his word will not return to him void. So the word that he has put in us, amen, God does not want us to return it void. And so when we're looking at this Ezekiel uh, chapter, when we're looking at this ch chapter 37, where we see where these dry bones are, we see the uh, Israelites just have lost all hope. They've lost everything, and it's, it's a lot of dreams. It's a lot of promises. It's what God designed them to do and become. It just seems like it just fell by the wayside. And so this morning, I just want to say that God wants to restore his people, amen? God wants not only to restore his people, but he wants to restore his church. And so when we're looking at this, this the symbolism of, of this um, oracle that he took, walked Ezekiel through, we see these dry bones. And the dry bones that God is speaking about, and contextually, the children of Israel were in exile, and they were forced in a, into this condition and rendered ineffective to fulfill the purposes of which God had created them. When God looked at the predicament of the Israelites, finding them, and finding them in this situation, he referred to it as a, a, a dry bone situation. The Israelites of the Old Testament is a foreshadow of the church of the New Testament and symbolizes the church today. So, you know, when you read passages of scripture, when you read the narratives of scripture, you can see history repeat itself, history repeat itself. If you, if you read through the Old Testament, you see 
that the Israelites were God's chosen people. And you see where they are up and where they are down, where they are constantly falling away from the word of God, where they are constantly drifting off into other things, into idol worship, into to themselves, doing things that, that are, are not of God. And then you go into the New Testament and you see the same things happening. And then, then, then here we are, the church today, and we can say that we are still on that same roller coaster. Amen? Amen. We are still, you know, loving God and, and doing what God has called us to do, yet at the same time, we drift off. And it's, I think a lot of it is just because of our disobedience. You know, we want God to be, you know, we just want miracles to be popping off and this and that because that grabs our attention. That keeps us there. We want to see healings. We want to see this. We want to see that. We want to see all the wondrous works of God. But yet and still, we want to see God do them and not, not allow him to use us to do those things. And God says, you will see miracles, signs, and wonders. You will see the greater works because he put his Holy Spirit in us to perform those greater works. And if we don't wake up, amen, if we don't get out of our dry bone situations, we're going to return, amen, with, turn to the Lord with our, our promises and our giftings un, un, unfulfilled. Now, God will, will not let it return void because he will just move it to, you know, he'll just bless someone else. He'll endow someone else to do what he's called you to do. But I don't want to return to heaven, amen, and hear the Lord say, well, kind of well done, you know. <laughs> you, you got to the halfway point, but, you know, life ended for you. But uh, that, was, that was okay, you know, okay. But I want, I want to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant, amen. Don't you want to hear hear the word of the Lord this morning? Don't you want to hear him say, well done? Don't you want to please the Lord this morning? So as we are, as we are looking at this passage of scripture uh, in Ezekiel, let's just not reflect it to a story that the Israelites, a situation that they were going through, but let us reflect it to our lives. Let us look at it as, as the church of God, the church today. See, the condition, the condition of, of the church today it's a mess. It's a mess. I can honestly say, you know, uh, the church is not, doesn't have the power and fervorance that it used to have. And I'm not speaking of all churches, but I'm just saying this is just my personal opinion that, you know, there used to be a time where you were excited about, you know, on Sunday morning coming to church, amen, coming together with your friends and your family and lifting the name of the Lord up, amen. There used to be Sunday school. Y'all remember that? <laughs> we used to have Sunday school, amen, and BTU and Bible study. And, and we, would, we would be in church throughout the week, coming together, worshiping together, meeting with family and friends and doing the things that God had called us to do. It was the community that helped us survive and the community that helped us thrive. If we were going through a situation, we could always come to church and just have people pray over us. Amen. To not be ashamed of letting people know what's going on in our lives and our situations. And today it's almost as if we've just retreated back and we're just, everyone's trying to just handle their own business. You know, I don't want to worry them about this. I, you know, I can figure this out all by myself. And God is saying that I gave you community. I gave you one another so that we can walk through this situation. We can walk through life together. So this morning, as we get ready to, um, Look at what God is saying. 
we have to understand that you know our church has become our churches have become a dry bones situation that they're not as effective as they used to be and we want to make sure that this house amen is doing what God has called us to do called us to be and called us to become so we can't look at yesterday we can't try and and breathe life back into what was amen because we see that the whole paradigm has shifted that God is doing a new thing and we need to line our will to God line our vision to God and begin to do what God has called us to do so whether the church wants to accept whether the church of today wants to accept the fact uh or fact accept this fact or not society has changed society has has shifted so much we have economic issues we've got world issues we've got governmental issues all of these things that are happening we live in the world too, so we, we, we feel the effects of economy, we feel inflation, we feel all of these things going on, but it is our responsibility man, not to focus on that, but to stay focused on what God has called us to do. And a lot of times, things outside of, of our spiritual realm really do affect us. The loss of jobs, you know, the increase in groceries, the increase of gas, all of these things, we have to sustain our life, but we must realize that in order for us to, to, to sustain a fulfilling life, we cannot forget the church. We cannot forget the house of God. We cannot forget God's precepts and God's commandments. And a lot of times, the first thing we will do is that we will pull away, you know, from the house of God. We might not, we might stop attending. We might not pay our tithes. We might pay our tithes when we feel like we have a little extra money. But God says to put him first. And so in order for us to get out of this dry bone situation, we need to realize that I'm must put God first in all that I do. Amen? And that's, that's not only in, in just the tithing. It's in my worship. It's in my obedience. It's in my study. That if I don't allow God to, to, to reign in that first spot, that the enemy is going to come in in all kinds of ways. You can sit there, you know, I was just, I don't watch news like I used to when, when all the, the craziness was going on. I just, that kind of just that just did it for me. I didn't really watch news anymore like I used to uh, because it just, it took my spirit out. But I was just watching the news the other day um, and I was just sitting there and just stunned at everything that's just going on in the world and just began praying and saying, God, only you know, Lord. Look at the situations that we've got ourselves into. And then, but where is the church? You know, where, where, are, where is the house of God? You look at the news and you hear about killings, shootings, government riffraff, all the things that are going on. And I'm like, Lord, where do you, where, where's the church in all of this? Where are the people of God? Why are we continuing down this pattern? Uh, and then we get wrapped up in it. We get wrapped up in it in our conversations at work. We get wrapped up in it in our conversations with family and friends. And we put more attention on, on what's going on in the world than what God has called us to do. See, we are the light of the world. We are called by God. We are his chosen people. And the news should be talked, it should be like those people over at Restoration. You know, Nine News should be out here on a weekly basis talking about the miracles and wonders that are going on in our church community. Amen. The things that we are doing, amen, to combat what the enemy is doing. Yes, we have our homeless housing and that is going well. But there are other things and other needs out there that need to be met. And it is our responsibility as a people of God to begin to, to raise up, amen, to begin to rise up and do what God has called us to do. So the condition um, of, of, of this dry bone situation, we all know that uh, 
Ezekiel had this vision and that the Lord had, had shown him this valley of dry bones. And the bones symbolized just simply being fatigued, being tired, uh, just feel like giving up, just like all of us feel. We have these same emotions um, that, that things had gotten so out of control that they just had just walked away. <laughs> they had just walked away and thought, you know, this is not going the way I thought it was. My life is not going the way I thought it was. And, and just their souls dried up. Their, their reverence for God, their zeal, and their will for God had dried up. And a lot of us are in that situation right now. A lot of us come to church because that's what we do on Sunday. But a lot of times we walk in just, just so dry, amen? Just coming just to just come because that we, we know that, you know, the Lord is real. And, well, maybe this will be the Sunday that I hear a word that will, will move, me, move me into another direction. Maybe this time when I attend church uh, that something will be said or, or the Lord will touch me or, you know, there will just be something that, that I can grab hold of. And we come here and we sit just as dry as those people in Israel. Amen. There's been often times that I've come to church and just been so dry, clapped, praise the Lord, you know, just dry as I can be, you know, heart hurting, heart aching, and just going through the motions. And God is saying, that is over with. God is saying, I need you to come in with a reverence and a realness to really want to know me. And so we've got to stop coming in to the house of God dry as we can be and leaving dry what kind of sense does that make you know oftentimes you know we're just dead men walking we are just like those Israelites we go to our jobs amen we do all the things that we need to do but our spirit is dry our hope is gone all the things that God has for us is just become a distant memory and God is saying no 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 that's not the way I designed you when I released you from earth and put you in here. I brought you here with purpose. Amen? Amen. I put a seed within you that is to be blossomed, that is to be groomed, that is to, to, to go forth. And a lot of us don't even know what our calling is. I mean, let's be honest about it. If we were, were to ask Christian, uh, take a survey in the Christian, what has God called you to do? Um, well, I don't know. You know, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I, I'm an engineer. No, that's your profession. That's not what God called you to do. What did God call you to do outside of your profession, outside of, 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 of your education? God has put something in you that he has purposed, kingdom purpose for, for you to do. Something on this earth that no one else can do. And when we begin to understand that, we will begin to connect the dots that, you know what? I am more than just, you know, a lawyer. I'm more than just a school teacher. I'm more than what I've, I've gone and educated myself to do. But there's something within me. There's a spiritual component within me that I need to release. Amen. That I need to activate. That I need to understand who I am and whose I am. And begin to make an impact in the spirit realm. And so we have to regain our hope. Amen. Regain our hope, regain our trust, and regain all that God has had us to be because the enemy has, you know, tried to cut us off from everything that the, the, uh, that the Lord has for us. But we know that God has something much, much more. Amen? Amen? And that cutoff started in the Garden of Eden, and it is still going on to this day. We bite apples every day. We bite apples of, 
of lust. We bite all kinds of apples. We, we, we are constantly biting into that, to those sin situations. And the presence of the Lord is not going to allow us to carry, a, a, you know, our sins. Amen. And then try and get up and, and act like, you know, we're holy. Try to do what we can do. You, can, you, either, you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. Either I live for God or I live for myself. And so when we begin to, to take in the spirit of God, amen, ask him to wash away our sins, then God can be used. Then God can use us. Right now, we are saved. We are Christians. We are going to uh, be with the Lord at some point in time. But we need to represent that here on earth, amen? It's not just waiting for the bus ride, the train ride, the whatever kind of ride to heaven, but it's about what we are doing now, what we're doing now, what are we representing heaven on earth? And God is saying that we have, we cannot do that with, with this dry, with our dry bones, that we have to be a church that is full of life, that is full of love. We have to be a people that is searching for God, amen, a, a people that is daily looking for God. And we come in Sunday after Sunday and we hear the word, we hear about being obedient, we hear about worship, we hear about studying God's word. And I'm telling you, sometimes this is a first time you've opened your Bible all week, if you just be honest with yourself. You might have, you know, looked at the, the daily uh, uh, Bible app and read the scripture of the day. Amen. That's good. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, because you want to get that tick mark. Oh, I didn't made it past 100 days. But you all you did was read it, basically, or just opened it up so it would tick you know, you would get that point, that, that little ding and get that point for the day. God is saying, that's not what I called you to do. Amen. I don't care if you got, got 344 days straight on your phone. It doesn't matter if you're not taking that word and opening it up and applying it to your lives. So God is telling us this morning that, you know, there's a shift coming. Amen. Amen. And God, just like he did with, with Israel, with Ezekiel, God is about to awaken us. He's a, he is awakening the church. I can hear the sounds, amen. I can see the things that God is doing. Prophetically, I know that God is about to do something. God is about to release something upon his people, something upon this whole world, and release us from, from this, this heaviness that is upon us. But we got to be ready for it, amen? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It, you know, your Christian status doesn't matter because... If God releases it and you're not ready and you're still dry and you're still trying to figure things out, God is like, I can't use you. I love you, but I can't use you at this time. And so what God is saying is that we as a church need to get ready, amen, for the outpouring of his spirit. You know, in Revelations 3, 1 to 6, um, uh, John mentions that the, the church is Sardis, uh, the, reputa the reputation of the church is Sardis. They had a... a a beautiful church. They were coming and they were doing what they 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 were called to do. But he said, "You're." It's, it reads, "I know your works and you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains, and it is because and it is about to die. Strengthen what remains, and it is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God." And you know that just really reflects the. the where, where some of us are today, and if this word doesn't apply to you, amen. But some of us are in that place, man. We come to church, and we are just as dead. We're dead men walking, dead Christians walking. We just come here, amen, to put on 
Hi, how you doing? Blessed and highly favored, and this is going, and this and that. God is like, but what have you done for me? What, what are you doing for me? You know, we, we walk in our Christian knees. We talk. We do all the things that give an outward appearance that we have it all together. When God is saying to the church of Sardis that you are dead, you are dead, and that God is saying that he wants us to, to come alive, amen, that he wants to bring life back into us, that he doesn't want a church that is, is pre, of, of pretense. Because when, when he calls in those broken, those hurting, those needed, they don't need to come in and see our dead situations, amen, but they need to see, see life. They need to see rejuvenation. They need to hear testimonies of someone that has walked through a cancer situation, someone that's walked through drug rehabilitation someone that has been cleaned and bought by the blood of the lamb and that encourages them but if they come in and all they see um, are our uh, our deadness but we think that we're alive then then they know that it's a front and they're going to walk in and walk right back out but you know so many churches have the revolving door because we say this and we present that but we're not living it and God is saying that he wants us to live a full and abundant life he wants us to wake up and he says if you don't wake up he says what remains will die in verse 2 he says it will die and I just don't do not want God to catch us in that situation that we know but we didn't do anything about that situation uh, so God at the end of that verse in Revelation it says for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. And we have to understand that there is a, a completion of the work God has given us to do. Amen? Amen? That we are here on assignment. We are here on loan from heaven. And that God has an assignment to each of us to complete. And if we do not complete it, amen, we are, we are, are mess, not only messing with our blessings, amen, but messing with the kingdom of God. God is saying, you know, I'm tired of adjusting this and that, and oh, they back down, and they back on drugs, or they're back fornicating. You know, he's, he's tired of playing chess with us. He's saying, look, I want to make you the kings and queens that I created you to be. I want you to get it together, amen? I want you to, to, to take a good survey, as, he, as Ezekiel did, and look at your dry bone situations. Examine where your weaknesses are. Examine where your strongholds are. Get, get, get a great understanding of what that is. And then ask me. Just, just, just allow me. Surrender to me. Because in your obedience, I will take every one of those situations, and I will, I will turn it around. See, the problem is us. <laughs> It really is. It's not that God, God is allowing all of this to happen. The problem is us because he gives us freedom, amen? He gives us choice. And when we are not doing what, what, what God has called us to do and when we're not living in his will and we, you know, we're in and out of his will, the problem is us. And then we get weary, we grow weary, we're whining, oh God, you know, why didn't this work out, Lord? Why, why am I going through this again? Why do I keep, you know, going around, going through this revolving door? But when we take our eyes off of our calling and we begin to look around and see what others are doing, uh, that causes problems. And I think that's a lot of times in the church, you know, we'll look and we'll think like, man, sister so-and-so is just 
look at her just thriving. You know, everything, everything just seems to be going right with her, you know, and we're always looking and comparing and jottling and titling against other ministries like, well, look at them over there. Look what they're doing. And they have such a beautiful edifice and, and they're out in the community. And, and God is saying that, you know, take your eyes off of that. This, is, this relationship is between me and you, and we need to take our eyes off of our brothers and sisters. Amen. It's great that they're doing well, and if you need help, then go and ask them. How, how, you know, how, how did they get over? But Paul, Paul put it well when he, when he, uh, he scripted that uh, the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but he who endures to the end. And so what we need to learn to do in our dry bone situation is that you know, you might get on the track and be the weakest thing out there. You know, you might, you might barely have breath in you. You might bar barely be able to stretch and get your body in condition. But if you just get on the track, amen, if you just get on path to what God is saying, God is going to complete a work in us. See, it's not about competition. This life is not about competition, but it's about completion. And Christ is just saying to you, you know, there's a cloud amongst us, a cloud of saints amongst us, urging us to keep, to stay focused, urging us to, to complete and finish the race. And God is saying, you know, it's not about competition, it's about completion. If we would understand that in our dry bones situation, that if we would stay focused, amen, on God, if we would stay focused on the things that he has commanded us to do, how much more, how, how much strength we would gain in his obedience. Amen. Just like you, just like you prepare for any outdoor event or sporting event or whatever, your education, I mean, you prepared yourself to be successful. And God is saying, prepare yourself to be a successful, a, a successful witness. Prepare yourselves spiritually. Work out, amen, which means I'm going to dig and find out what my calling is. I'm going to study the word of God. I'm going to worship. I'm going to obey the commandments of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to be an intricate part of my, of the ministry. I'm not just going to, to sit around and know that I'm gifted in, in children's ministry, know that I'm gifted in, in finances, know that I'm gifted in certain areas and not allow that gift to be used in the house of God. God is saying, bring your, your gifts into the house and let's begin to do the work that he's called, called us to do. See, your walk, and your, your walk and your ministry and your witness and your obedience and your love um, and sharing your gift and the giving of your tithes and, and doing the completed works of God, it was, brings life back into, the, into our dry bones. As, as, as uh, Ezekiel, I believe it's in, chapter, in verse 10, where he starts talking about they all stood up, amen. The whole vast army of them stood up and they began to, to come together as one, become together as a vast army, ready to take on what God had called them to do. They were revitalized. Their callings were revitalized. Their life was revitalized and they were ready to do what God called them to do. So we've got to stop perpetrating, Amen. When we come to church, we have got to stop perpetrating. We can't come in looking like the beautiful fig tree that doesn't have any fruit on it. Amen. We can no longer do that. And, and we're good at that. We're good at talking the talk. We're good at dressing up. We're good at, at hiding it. But God is saying that he wants us to show up, amen, for the race. Show up geared up, amen. Show up with your Nike gear. Show up with everything you've got, amen. 
and just and be ready be ready to to take to get on that track and if you're just you know you're not at the point where you can do a full run amen just walk one foot in front of the other God wants to just, God is calling us, just take it one day at a time. You know, all of a sudden we look at somebody and we're just like, oh, I just so want to be like them and think that it's just going to come out of osmosis. No, you've got to study God's word. You've got to get into his presence and allow him to fill you up, not through worldly ways, but through his spirit. So uh, that was a long introduction. Amen. So in God's, <laughs> so in verse 12, and I won't even have you all stand. Um, <laughs> Amen. So God's response, today we're just going to um, end with God's response to the situation uh, that, of this narrative. And in verse 12 it reads, it says, Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open up your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your, from, the, from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. And so at the end of this passage, at the end of this narrative, God responds to the situation. We see where, where God is showing uh, Ezekiel, you know, giving Ezekiel the principles of uh, bringing life back into these dry bones situations, giving us the principles that must be followed to uh, get, our, get our lives back in order. And so in, chap in verse 12, is, he begins to uh, prophesy to the church, and he says, speak life into the situation. Stop speaking death. Amen. We got to stop coming to church and, and complaining about what isn't and what was. And how are we going to do this? And how are we going to do that? And begin to speak life back into it. Proclaim the word of the Lord over our lives. Proclaim the word of the Lord over our church. And, and the promises that God has called. If we want to see change, the change is in us. Amen? We got to stop waiting on God because God's already done what, he's, what he said he was going to do. His work is complete. Amen? When he formed the heavens and the earth and he breathed life into man, his work was complete. He's already set it up. All we need to do is walk it out. He's already purposed us. He's already given us all that we need. And so we as Christians have to learn to walk it out for ourselves. Uh, so when God opens up, when he talks about opening up the graves, the graves symbolize a place of burial. It symbolizes uh, the place where a death has taken place and the remains are, pla are placed to avoid being seen and having to be dealt with. It symbolizes a place where some of us use as strongholds to avoid these difficult situations that are going on in our lives. And so God is saying that I'm going to open up your grave. Amen. <laughs> so get ready. God is going to open up some areas in your life. If you, want, if you want your dry bone situation, if you want revival, if you want re restoration, there has to be, uh, uh, God says in this, in this uh, passage that I'm going to open up your graves. In other words, I'm going to open up your heart. I'm going to open up that place where you've tucked so much stuff in. I'm going to open up those places and areas of life where you have failed, where you have not apologized, where you, where you think that it's over with. 
that you think that you're, ho- you're hiding it from me, but I see the depths of your heart. I can look past that smile. I can look past your makeup. I can look past your hallelujah and really see where you are and God, where you are. And God is saying, I'm going to open up the graves of your life. Amen. So in order for us to to get out of our dry bone situations, we got to remember, you know, that there's some things we've done. (laughs) There's some situations that we walk through. But if God is opening up our graves, we should find safety in that. Amen. Allowing him to come in and minister to us, allowing him to come in and just hold us and love on us and help us get through those dead situations. So, you know, there are there are just so many (laughs) Ways you, you can look at that, the, the grave, you know, in, in the church, you can look at that, you know, a grave of tradition, a grave of, of doing things the same old, the same way, graves of uh, ritualism, amen, graves of usualitis, well, this is the way we've always did it, or this is the way that I come in, and God is saying that, I want to open up that. We've been through a pandemic. We've been through shutdown. We've been through, through uh, we're in recession. We're in, you know, everything is just going crazy. And God is saying, I want to open all of that up, amen? And I want you to see me. I want you to see where I am in all of this. I've got it all under con- control. And we look at it through our natural eyes and think, my God, Lord, when Jesus come, I'm tired, I'm ready. Is, you know, is a, uh, is a resurrection coming anytime soon? Because I'm, I'm ready to get up out of here, Lord. And God is saying no absolutely not he says I want you to to you are my resurrection you are my light amen and when we begin to just open our hearts up and do and and look and see what God has called us to do then that's when we'll see restoration then that's when when uh we will be able to open up our graves and let people and allow people to say hey I've been through this I've been through that sister brother let me help you make it through God is saying I want to open up your graves I want to break your stronghold I want to to bring life back into you but you can't want life but hold on to death amen you can't you got to make a choice either I'm going to release these dead things or I'm going to walk around crazy I'm gonna walk around you know like a dead man walking and God is saying but I came to give you life and life more abundantly and so we have to go through this process of allowing God to inspect our bones amen and we, we joining him in the inspection of our dry bones and allowing him to open up our graves. So all of, all of the things that you, you hold on to personally, you know, bad relationships, bad finances, all of that. God is like, don't you know I can bring your house out of foreclosure without even thinking about it? You know, you running from bank to bank, you working three, four jobs, you driving Uber, DoorDash, you doing all of these things. And God is like, that's a dry bone. <laughs> And he says, if you would just open up your heart to me, I will get you out of that financial situation. I will show you how, how to, to, to manage your money better. I will do all that I can. And you, you, you can actually see God. We've had many testimonies of here of God releasing people from their foreclosures, amen, building them back up and starting life over again because they, said, they gave up. <laughs> they simply said, you know what? Only you know, God. Only you know. So when you get to that submissive state where you just throw up your hands and say, God, there is nothing else I can do. 
the foreclosure notices are coming, the eviction notice is coming, God, what can I do? And we allow God to heal our hearts and heal our bad habits, then God is able to come in and deliver us from their graves. See, the goal of God opening up our graves is not necessarily exposure resulting in death, but exposure resulting in deliverance and restoration. Amen? God wants to deliver you, and God wants to restore you. God, God created you, amen, for purpose. God created you for power. God created you for, for ministry. But sometimes we allow life to just cause us to be impotent, cause us not to be able to, to give life because we're so bogged down in what's going on. And God wants to continually, will co continually confront us in this situation so we can be cleaned up, we can be freed up uh, to do and be what God has called us to do. So in verse 14, it says that, and I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. See, God wants to empower us for service, uh, resulting in new life. God wants to empower us. God wants to take us back to that endemic state, amen? Our Garden of Edens, that place where everything was under his command, everything was under his control. And God says, I can do that and I want to do that. And he has done it through his precious Holy Spirit. Uh, that dwells within us. See, Jesus, just before Jesus' ascension, uh, we saw Christ come, come on earth. We saw him live a life, amen, in his flesh, live a fleshly life. But we also saw him stay connected to God the entire time he was here. You don't hear no drama from Jesus. You don't hear no drama about Jesus in the scripture, having to argue with somebody, having to fight with somebody, having to deal with somebody, being offended by somebody because he understood his purpose. He understood why he was, why he was, uh, why he committed to come down. He understood that he was here to save us from our sins. Amen. That he was here to, to do a work that we could not do. He was here to redeem the world from its dry bones situation. And as we look at that and we model that and we think about the, the life of Jesus and then we think about his death, his burial, and his resurrection, God is saying that he wants us, amen, to die to ourselves. Amen? To die to the things of this world so that he can, he can bury us, amen, and then open our graves and resurrect us uh, to our full state. So when Jesus, um, just before his, uh, um, he went back to heaven, in John 14, Jesus promises his disciples that uh, if they love him, they would keep his commandments and that the Father would send a helper, that the Father was not going to leave them alone. And we just act like, you know, we sometimes we just act like, we're just, woe is me, and I'm all by myself. But we have a precious Holy Spirit within us. You know, God did just not create us and just, just send us on our way. But he breathed his breath into us. And we have to understand that we have a precious Holy Spirit within us. So everything that, that we're learning and hearing about, it can be done. It can be done because Greater is he who is in us than he is who is in the world. And then and there's another passage where in Acts, uh, Jesus did, did, uh, tells his disciples to go up into the upper room and wait for the promised Holy Spirit. Amen. He says, wait in Jerusalem for the promised Holy Spirit. Wait for, for, 
for my father to send his precious spirit with us. And I believe that there is going to be another outflow of the spirit of God released on this earth. Amen. Amen. And that we are the Jerusalem. Amen. We are to wait on, on the father. We are to wait for his, his, uh, his, the, the, the announcement of his Holy Spirit falling back on this earth. Because we know that, you know, Satan is, is, is ruling this kingdom right now. But Jesus is preparing for his, his soon return. And I believe that the Holy Spirit at, that lives within us is going to be a great part of that. It's going to be a great part of the move of God as we come up out of our graves and we allow the Spirit of God to start reigning in our lives, that we, the church, are making a sound, amen, that we, the church, are doing the things that God has called us to be, that that sound is going to resonate outside of the walls of our church, amen, and flow into our communities and begin to be the restorative process that God is going to call us to, to do. The scripture says, and I keep repeating it, greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. God has already sent Jesus. Jesus is not coming back a second time, okay? He's, he's not going to return again until he's taken us out of here. But right now, we are his Christ representatives. We are the ones that have been empowered to do the things that God wants us to do. To, to, do, to perform the callings live in our calling, live in the way that God has called us to be. We are the ones, amen, that can go to the graveyards and speak to these people, speak, speak to the dry bones of our neighborhood, speak to the dry bones in our community and say, raise up, raise up, amen, and give people life, give people hope, give people, people, give people the strength that, need, that we need. Jesus promised us, amen, that he would send the comforter, that the Father would send the comforter, and the comforter is within us. And so in this passage, of, in this narrative of Ezekiel, in this dry bone situation, we've got to understand the principles, amen, speaking the word of God, prophesying, foretelling and foretelling of what God has called us to do and become. A lot of us feel it and know it in our spirit, but we do not release it. We are not activating it. And God is saying that I'm, I'm about to do something. And we need to get on board, amen. We need to get on board and be ready. Just uh, when Jesus had breathed his last breath, he said that it was finished, amen. Everything that he was going to do here on earth had been completed. His, his earthly assignment was done. And Satan was rejoicing, amen. He was like, oh, it's finished. He, you know, he heard him say it is finished. He goes, yeah, it's finished, all right. Yeah, buddy, it's done. And then... Um, when they took his body and they put him in that grave, amen? And he laid in that grave for three days. And then there was the resurrection. There was the opening of the grave. There was the opening of, of, of the grave, and Jesus comes back with all power in his hand, amen? He had defeated death. He showed us that, you know, I am God. I have defeated death. I am resurrected. And I want you all to know that you too, amen, have a resurrected spirit in you, that the Holy Spirit is not, not dead, the Holy Spirit is alive, and the Holy Spirit is here wanting us, wanting to get into our graves, wanting to get into our dry bones, wanting us to breathe again, breathe a ruach, the breath of God into our lungs so that we can be just like Jesus, amen, that we can resurrect up out of our graves, that we can bring souls to the kingdom, that we can be the power and the anointing and all that God has called us to be. That, that just excites 
excites me this morning to know that, you know, God wants to use us in such a profound way. God doesn't want us to use us just to come on Sunday morning, hear a word. By the time evening comes, we don't even remember what the word was. You know, we're watching TV. We're, we're watching our favorite shows. We're watching Game of Thrones and the Dragon One and all the things that we do. We're putting all of these things into our, our, our minds. We're taking focus off of God, and God is just telling us, you know, sometimes at night I can just hear the voice of God so plainly say to me, open up your word, open up the word. I want to spend time with you. And, you know, I might be watching TV or something. I'm like, okay, soon as this, this is over, you know, me and you, we're going to get together. And, you know, and then you try and walk into, you know, you try to get into that space with God and that moment is gone. That time is gone. And so we've got to learn to be obedient to the voice of God. We've got to be, learn to be obedient when God is about to, to show us some things. This week I've just been in his presence and there's been some real sincere moments with the Lord um, this week, just, just listening to his voice and, and hearing him and, and acting on it. You know, it's just, it's just simply acting on it. It's not like, you know, the angels are going to flutter through the room or anything. You know, I'm not expecting anything like that, but I'm just expecting for my heart to just speak to God and allow God to speak to my heart and allow him to just just start tweaking and correcting things in my life. And that's all God's, God wants to do. We don't need to be afraid of the process. Amen. Don't be afraid. God's repositioning the church. God is doing something different. And the process is painful. In the physical, it's, it's, it's a little bit painful. But in the spiritual realm, it is the best place you can be. It is where God wants you to be. God is not here to hurt us. God is here to reposition us. God is here to walk us through the process. And just like, like we've done what we wanted to do, let's allow God to do what he needs to do. See, the purpose of us being filled with the Holy Spirit is not for, for a feel-good feeling. Amen? It's not for us to just like, woo, I feel the presence of God. I dance in the Spirit. I'm, you know, and, and you get that, exciting, that excitement. And it is part of that. The Spirit rejoices. The Spirit fills your heart. The Spirit uplifts you and it builds you up. But the Spirit also can discipline you. The Spirit wants to discipline us and it wants to empower us for the services of God. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm not talking about jumping and shouting and all that. I'm talking about allowing the Holy Spirit to come in. Amen. Take your heart. Take you. Put you back on that powder's wheel. And add the, the water, amen, add the word of God, add the water to you, and begin to just, just mold you, amen, just begin to crush. Have y'all ever been crushed? Have y'all ever felt a spiritual crush come over you where you are so at just, like you're just done, you're just putty? And, and God is saying, but I want to take that, amen, because clay is simply dust, it's simply dirt, and, and when God had, had created man, uh, he created him in his image. God is just saying, let me just re-image you. Allow me, just stay on the potter's wheel. Allow me to apply the water. Allow me to mold you. Allow me to shape you. Let me reshape your thinking. Let me reshape your heart. Let me reshape your character into to what I've called it to be. And when we go through that process, it's important for us not to go back and jack it back up. Amen? That's like working out for, and working out and losing 50 pounds and then going back to donuts, going back to junk food, going back to, to eating fast food, you know, and then you see the pounds coming back on. But God is saying, you know, your, your, your spirit is a muscle. It's a, a spiritual muscle that must be tended to. And if you don't allow 
God to mold, God to shape it, and God to get in there and, and, and take, take out what needs to be taken out, remove what needs to be removed, and do what he wants to do, you're going to find yourself back into a dry bone situation. In order for us to stay out of that dry bone situation is that we have to speak life to ourselves. Amen? We have to water, the, water our hearts, water ourselves with the word of God. We've got to release those things that come into our life and begin to decay and mold and, and grind at us. And a lot, for a lot of us, that's just our own little issues. That's our own sins and stuff. We know it's not good for us. And we will play it off like, you know, it, this, is this a sin or is this not a sin? If you got to think about it, then you don't need to be doing it. Amen? I mean, it's simple as that. If you have to question whether or not it pleases God, then you know that it doesn't please God um, and that it's just an earthly pleasure for you. But God is saying to us today that walk in his spirit. Amen? Don't be that phony Christian. Don't be, don't be that dry bone Christian walking around, able to quote scripture, able to take uh, people to the, to the throne room of God, but there's nothing inside of you. God is saying that I created you for purpose, and God's purpose is for us to, to resurrect, amen? God's purpose is us to restore our dry bones and our dry situations so that he can use us fully. Um, a, word of, uh, uh, a word of restoration that God was giving us is that God is filling us with his spirit, and it's just not about us. It's not about us. And I, I know, like, we like to take our credit. We like our kudos. But God is saying, this is not about us. This next move of God that God is about to do is strictly about him. It's to awaken the church, is to awaken the world back up to let people know that there is a God. Amen? There is a Savior. There is a God who is soon coming, amen, to redeem us. And so we cannot take credit for what God is about to do in this place, what God is about to do in our lives. God is saying to prepare ourselves that he is raising us up, amen, as a, as a body of Christ, as his bride. He is getting ready to return to us. He wants us to be adorned and be ready for our lamps to be full. And God is saying that I cannot use you if your bones are dry, I cannot use you. If you are not ready for me, then I'm, I'm going to move forward with those who are ready, with those who have, have committed to me. So God wants to restore us, amen? He wants to restore us to our own land. God wants to restore his churches. God wants to restore his land. God wants to restore the fullness of who he created us for. God created this earth. God created the heavens. And God is like, I'm going to call everything back into order calling man back into order. I'm calling nature back into order. God has the ability when he makes a promise to fulfill it. And when we read throughout scripture, we see the promises of God. Uh, God doesn't lie. God is going to do what God said he is going to do. God is here to restore. Amen. God is saying your dry bone situation can be restored. And it's restored through simply God, I surrender only you know, God, how, to, how this is going to work out. And you begin to speak prophetically over that word. You begin to speak prophetically of what God has called for you to do and God has, has, has said he was going to do for you. In Joel chapter 2, verses 25, it says, I will restore to you the years that the, the swarming locust has eaten the hopper and the destroyer and the cutter, the great army which I sent among you. I think that that's just profound because we think about the restoration. God says, I'm going to restore it, but God says, I'm the one who sent it. Amen. So 
if, if you feel like your finances are being attacked, your home is being attacked, your body's being attacked, your children are being attacked, God is saying in Joel that, in Joel, that I will restore it. But I'm the one that sent it. I'm the one that released it because I needed to get your attention. You know, we, th we just think that, you know, oh, you know, it's just going to be all roses and we're just going to skip to Malou, my darling, through this life. He says, my son skipped all the way to that cross, so don't expect your life to just be oh so perfect. God says, I'm going to send some situations to you. I'm going to allow the locust to come in. I'm going to allow the cutter to come in. And I'm going to allow them to, to, to attack. And he says, but that attack is not not to harm you, amen, but it is to strengthen you. It is to mold you. It is to make you aware that I am God. And that will bring, that, that, those moldings, that, that, those attacks are what strengthens us. I mean, if you really think about it, if we hadn't walked through some of the things we walked through, my goodness, where would we be? Where would we be? We would be most arrogant, you know, self-centered people. God says, I'm going to send the, the locusts. I'm going to recall them. I'm going to restore them uh, that he sent among us. And 26, it says, you shall eat plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and there is no one else and my people will never again be put to shame. God is here to restore us, amen? God is here to bring life and breath back into our dry bone situations. So wherever you have fallen into, whatever, whatever situation you got going on in, in your life, maybe God is orchestrating that, amen? Maybe God is allowing that to get you to the place where you just say, you know, I can't take it no more. I'm done with it, you know? And you will begin to, to raise up as they did in this passage, that you will begin to prophesy and prophesy through the will of God and begin to see God's hand over your life. See, the result of the prophecy was that the whole nation of Israel came back together. It wasn't just one or two or three, but the whole nation, the vast army stood up. And as, as this morning, I want us to be able to stand up, amen? Stand up as a people of God, stand up as a church, and do the things that God has called us to do. Amen. Do the things that he has, he has given us of great vision. He's given us the resources. And all we need to do is be obedient. Obedient in what God's called us to do. Obedient in our tithe. Obedient in our time. Obedient in our willingness. Amen. To come and love upon each other. And to be all that God has called us to be. But it's going to take a commitment. And it's going to take obedience. You know, we are um, on, in, on Wednesday nights. If you have not been to Wednesday night, you need to come out Wednesday. Amen. Amen. Pastor Aaliyah is taking us through the fruits of the Spirit, and I'm talking about rich, deep word. Amen. You know, we, we, we act like we, are, we know these scriptures. Oh, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's so much more. It's so much more to it, and we all need to be refreshed. We all need to be restored. We all need to understand that these are the things that bring life studying together, amen, coming out and communing together, getting up in the morning and saying, you know, I'm excited, I'm going to go to church, and working in our ministry, whether it's singing, whether it's being a deacon, whether it's working in audio video, that's how the whole vast army came back together. 
Israel came back together and God restored them and they walked as a mighty army and we are an army, amen, this morning. We are an army and we want to do what God has called us to do. So I'm just beckoning you this morning. Allow God to open up your grave, amen. amen. Allow him to open up your grave. Dig through what he needs to dig through. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of the process. And that's, that's where I'm at. I'm just like, ooh, Lord, Jesus, I've been through enough. Is, are we done yet? But allowing him to get in there and just pull those things out and become who he has called us to do, called us to be. God did not bring life into you and breathe his precious breath into you for you to just live life. But God brought it so that you would save others, that you would imitate his son while you are here on earth. Amen? Amen. That you would bring souls to the kingdom, that this really is all about salvation. So our salvation and the salvation of his people. God created all of us, and he wants all of us to live an abundant life. God wants to restore our homes, restore our lives, and he can only do that through us. He can do it on his own but he put his spirit in us. So let us just remember today as we look at our, this dry bone situation that God can breathe life into us again. God wants to bring life into us again. God wants to do the, the, the miracles through us again. There are people in here sitting in here right now with the gift of healing, the gift of speaking the word of God, just gifts all over the place, the gifts that edify the church, that bring life to the church and to the body of Christ. Go into your closet, amen. Ask God, what is it that I should be doing? What is it that you want me to do? And allow him to clean you up, amen, so you don't come in with your issues, but that you come in fully ready to march forward, amen. amen. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Father God, we thank you for this word this morning. Father God, we thank you, Father, that you have, that you are awakening us, Father God, to our dry bone situations. Father, we could sit and wallow all day long about what used to be and how we used to do things. But God, you've taken us, Father God, and you're walking us through a, a valley, a season, Father God, of dryness. But God, your word says that you are able. And it's not by our might, not by our power, Father God, but it's by your spirit that you will resurrect us. So God, we repent this morning, Lord. Father God, and we ask that you just examine us. Take us to, through the valley, God, and let us see where we have come short. Father God, then we just surrender it. We surrender it. We admit it. We surrender it to you, God, our shortcomings and our failings. We surrender it to you so that you can breathe on it, God, and that you can speak through us prophetically and encourage us, Father God, in our own selves to speak the word of the Lord, because your word has power. Your word has healing. Your word is, has anointing. And as we do this, Father God, we will all stand and become the church that you've called us to be, the people of God that you've called us to be, God. So we release to you this morning, God, Restoration Christian Fellowship in the fullness that you called it to be, Lord. We release ourselves to you and ask that you breathe on us again so that we become a mighty, vast army and that we affect our city, we affect our community, Lord, and we affect each other through your precious Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.